I can't find my undies. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello. This is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. Every week we break down the recent shenanigans on Ramsey Street for our own amusement. I am Vaya. I have trouble suspending disbelief. And I have Catherine Jones, CJ the Hot Mess Mom. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Dialed you up via Ned's laptop from the back of Harold's Cafe because we are in Melbourne's PirateNet studios and Melbourne continues to be... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Hmm. Doing the old remote we're, pod to keep everyone safe. We're rolling with the punches. We had a bit of a chunky one the last couple of weeks with all the Nicolette stuff popping off. And this week, the baby daddies have just sort of settled into newborn parent life. So we didn't really get much of that action. I just want to say, I love that I get to see a Brennan with a child. Yeah. And Dr. Nacker with a baby. I just, I'm all about it. It's um, really sweet. It's terrible that that child's not theirs, but I know it's going to come crashing down, and it's going to yeah. be a, a hoot of a time. Mm. I um, I started, I started getting a bit. Well, I wouldn't, you know, like when I saw them heating up the bottle of formula, I was like, you don't need to heat formula. And then I was like, you know what? Just let them do their thing. I don't need to be mummy drive buying what they're doing. Like they're going to work it out. I can back off and let them raise their interloper baby however they want. <laughs> A hundred percent. Gosh, I loved heating formula though. <laughs> um, also, I remember when one of our friends, Vera and I's, a, you know, real life friend off podcast, um, had a baby or told me she was pregnant and it was the first friend I had that was having a baby after me. And my first thought was, I'm not going to tell her anything. Like mm. I'm going to like, you know, not give her advice. I'm going to do that. And then like went, oh, shit, I need to tell her everything. Yeah. Like, it's it's impossible not to. Good luck to Darren. We'll hear from them soon when that all comes crashing down. Let's do Neighbours Council business. The business, again. Important business. Mm. Patreon.com slash Neighbours Pod uh, is where you can find trimmings from this podcast, uh, sections of Neighbours Plot points that we save for our patrons to enjoy. The latest trimming from last episode also includes some CJ highlights because I I did the main pod with Kate and then I wanted to dial CJ in and then I ended up doing essentially a second podcast on top of the first one. So I had to like chop a lot of CJ out because otherwise I'd be editing for four years. Mainly it's CJ gushing about Canberra. (laughs) Oh gosh, I love that place. Well, tune into Patreon so that you can hear about it. Yeah. Huge shout out to Tom. He's one of our patrons and on Patreon posted a viewing and listening guide to explain. I will share it. He said I could share it to all our socials. I mean, what a saint. This man has calculated which episodes the UK is up to in Australia and which Neighbours episodes you will be allowed to hear when. And he's calculated the exact date that the two countries will be synced up episode-wise. So he's like developed like the Neighbours intercontinental algorithm yeah he's cracked the da vinci code essentially oh my god (laughs) it's just he's taken on the mental load thank you 
Thank you, Tom. This is Tom's brain on Instagram. This is definitely Tom's brain because a brain is the only one that could have done this. (laughs) Starting from episode 223 of the pod, we can hit play, the UK can hit play a day earlier every week. Um, The magic date for singularity is Monday the 13th of December when we all (gasps) catch up. We need to have some kind of party online that day. That's my friend's birthday, actually, so I will remember that day. I have to post this up, but it's just a beautiful little piece of data. Thank you, Tom. Um, Let's transition out of business. Oh, that reminds me. Tuesday. Oh, all the businesses. The businesses. So we've got to thank Julie. She gave us a heads up that business was said like 45,000 times in one of the episodes between Mackenzie and Hendrix. And it went straight over your head, right? Yeah, I watched it. I'm like, oh, gee, they're saying business a lot. (laughs) Like, did not even go, that could be useful to me. And I will use it. Thank you. And a couple of other things before we leave business. Hmm. Millsy, Rob Millsy Mills on Instagram, really flying the flag for vaccination. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work, ironically. We've had an 18, 18 months lockdown here. let's get back, let's get vaccinated. He's been, you know, feeding directly into our soul for years now, but he basically is the voice of Melbourne artists in this pandemic. He is amazing. <laughs> now, segueing out of business. They made it your business when they brought their business into this business. Okay, stop saying business. As we discuss Monday the 16th of August... 2021. Oh, I wonder if um, Tom's chart will tell me. Oh, my God. I'm hyperventilating. Monday oh. the 16th of August. Oh, UK, September 13th. I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I've never been Essendon will be that. halfway through their finals campaign then. <laughs> so, Sarah posted in the council a really succinct summary of basically everything I was feeling. And this, I thought this could just be the podcast. So I asked Sarah to send me a voice memo, Sarah Gibbs, by her book, Drama Queen. I um, am listening to this book on Audible and Sarah's The Voice. I'm only in the first chapter, but I lolled many times in that chapter. It's interesting because, yeah, I felt quite relatable, very relatable content, made me laugh at myself and with her. I can't wait. Um, It's on my to-do list. But I've got it. It arrived. It's hardcover and gorgeous. Hey, neighbours. Sarah Gibbs here. Uh, Full of rage and full of shittizens for the week. I give so many shittizens. Uh, Here they all are. So, first of all, the shittizen-in-chief, Harlow. Not happy at all with Harlow. I don't know when she became such an uppity b-hole. I think it was around the time she told Hendrix that he became a better person by osmosis just by being around her because she's so radiantly wonderful, apparently, that she makes everyone that she deigns to spend time with better. Ugh. Anyway, since then, this whole Lassiter's thing, she basically came in for what's essentially just interim cover and has turned it into this whole, like... I don't know, playground weird thing. Like, I helped your job. I kept your job warm for you and I should have... No, that's how interim cover works. You do it for a little bit and then the person whose job it is comes back and you fuck off. That's how it works. Grow up, Harlow. And, like, how dare she yell at Chloe about this affair, this so-called affair that didn't even happen. 
the most that happened is Leo may or may not have sexually assaulted her while she was too drunk to consent to having sex with him. Um, and that didn't even happen. So, yeah, Harlow can get in the bin. Chloe can also get in the bin yelling at Harlow about nepotism. Um, she's a horrible hypocrite. How did she get that job in the first place? Um, I seem to remember that she was general manager because her husband owned the hotel and made it a condition of him investing. But whatever, you do you, Chloe. Another hypocrite is Paul, who um, apparently would bully Chloe into oblivion if she made the tiniest mistake. But Harlow puts half the staff offside with these top secret questions and he doesn't even mention it. In fact, creates a position to promote her because, of course, because it's never actually about a job well done and it's all about nepotism and Paul controlling everyone around him with his money and his influence. Add to the list of hypocrites, Therese, who is not fine with nepotism when it's Harlow, which is correct, but is absolutely fine with it when she wanted to get Piper into the PA position, who was less qualified than Chloe, or when she wants to put Roxy into the Flamingo Bar, who is, to be fair, qualified, but still probably did not have to interview for that job. Another way that she's hypocritical is that she thinks it's illegal when the quills cook the books but when Paul does it it's completely normal everyone does it how dare you tell anyone Ned you're meant to be family hmm who else Toadie Toadie can date all the assistants that he can get his hands on but Mel can't have an ex in position of power because that makes her somehow evil or manipulative or have some sort of boss fetish which I'm pretty sure is not a thing um if it is a thing then don't kink shame Toadie none of your damn business but yeah, she um she's not allowed to have a past, but he's allowed to have his exes actually intrude on their relationship and start meddling in a way that he should really be able to recognise by now post-Andrea. Come on, Toadie. Like, years of being manipulated by evil no-gooders should... She, yeah, should have taught you something. Speaking of hypocrites, Carl and Susan saying, oh, they break up every five minutes, so it's not a stable relationship. Um, How many marriages is that now? And uh, how's the love child in London, Carl? And uh, what what's Susan's last name? Kennedy, Kinsky, 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 Kennedy, Smith at this point? Fuck off. They both have pasts. Yeah, so everyone's a hypocrite. I'm angry with everyone. And that's before I even get to this whole fiasco with Nicolette and the baby. Just rage all round. Get in the bin, everybody. That's there are those are all my thoughts. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> this week. I definitely agree when it comes to Toady and his yes. passion for a receptionist or an assistant. Mm. I would have liked to see him um remember when Aaron worked there? Anyway. Um <laughs> yes, if you had a few thoughts. Yeah few bedroom thoughts but I don't know look I've been involved in some family businesses and the nepotism in a family business is it's true to form it's true and they are calling it out like to mm. rage so we'll, uh, let's discuss this storyline mm-hmm. so oh my god hello hello had me tearing my hair out what has happened to this character CJ what uh, happened to her it's like that you know it's like she, we usually have recastings like an actor leaves a different actor takes over but this is like they've got the same character, but they've sat around and gone, let's make her a different personality. Like um that John Travolta movie, Face Off. They've just like <laughs> popped Harlow's face on some annoying brattish. I Look, what I can't stand about it, which I actually think is pitch perfect, is this, I have done two months of university. Mm. I actually, I actually know everything. Yeah. So I don't need to do, she'll drop out of uni any day mm. now. 
um, to follow her passion to run a hotel empire. Um, okay, which more power to you if that's what you want to do. But we've just had no indication of her actual desires, of what she wants. She's just sort of going, oh, well, I'm good at this today, so therefore I'll do this forever. Yeah, and she's she's justice-driven, you know. She she always has been in that sense. And I guess that would come from, you know, her family history and her dad being in prison and um, her mum being, you know, wayward. But that makes sense. And the interest in psychology made sense mm. and the interest in um, green politics and, and bettering the world makes sense because of her age group and the kind of person she is. But... No, the, I, don't, I don't think this suddenly, really makes sense. Suddenly she wants to cr- climb the corporate ladder in, in a hotel chain? Mm, it doesn't make sense, does it? It's not even, like, the Lasseter's nepotism plot has been done before. Like, you've had Andrew work there in, as and um, NCZ, um, whatever that kid's name is, Daniel worked there. Like, they've done that before where they've taken a family member, shoved them into the hotel role, and they've been a fish out of water and then they've conformed and have to wear the suit and you know, fly the flag. But this is not what this is for Harlow. Two points on that. There's not a Robinson that hasn't been given a highly paid management <laughs> position for no reason. <laughs> Harlow's like, it's the family business. It's not a fish and chip shop, Harlow. You're not working the fryer. Remember when they <laughs> made up a job? Business. Remember when they made up a job for Leo? It was like head of innovation. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. they put Ned in charge of the pool. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what, no, you know who made it Leo head of innovation? Mm. Therese. Oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> that was innovative, all of yeah. that. <laughs> I just don't understand. I think it's it's very old time that there can only be one hot young thing at, you know, a business place, a hot young woman, and mm. so therefore they won't, oh, yeah. they don't let the other one in. And, and I'd like to see neighbours be a little bit more evolved and have I'm- these two support each other. And I'm very curious as to why Harlow's starting starting to wear crop tops to meetings, midriff tops. I mean, what? She, it's a family business. She, she dressed like a corporate executive when she was 16. Like she would wear vests and tights. A lot of her personality was tied up in that Peter Pan collar and now that she's got rid of it. I'm, I'm just bamboozled and no one's calling her out on it. They're like, who are you, kid? And they're not even tying it back to any of her big life changes. Like they're not going, is this because your mum died last year? Or like, is this when you were when you were down the mine shaft? Did you have a big like about face with your dreams? Like what are you where is this coming from, honey? Or or like, you know, your boyfriend that assaulted you before he was mm. your boyfriend. Or a your lot boyf- of these Or your boyfriend that ran a successful gambling ring. <laughs> like you thought, oh that's innovative. Successful, you know. <laughs> um He got bums in seats. No one is more gleeful than Grandpa. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, he's happy. Oh. What's that job he makes up for her? So so why does he make up a job for her? Oh, be- um, because the quill deal's going to fall through. Has he's pulled the pin on the quill? Absorption. Because he's got no money. Yeah, why doesn't he have money, CJ? Because he gave it all to Nicolette. He <laughs> bought a baby. He bought a baby. They're pricey. They are pricey. He should have called um, Millsy's mum. I bet she could have got one for like five fifty. Yeah, no, and he's he's so smug. He's like, no, I can buy. I know better baby deals than yeah. women. You know, I'll, I'll go straight to the source and get one that is not really my son's. Yeah, but... Get me a freshie. <laughs> so now Harlow's like, but I my whole job was going to be looking after this um, merger with the Quills, which maybe oh. don't put a teenager on that gig. <laughs> oh look, 
you know, if you are going to buy a business that's going down the gurgler, maybe get somebody who's got, I don't know, a degree. Or has worked at a different hotel before. Or, I don't know, just a lawyer or a bank. Someone who can drink in America legally? Hmm. That's a, that's a good point. So, but and then he because because that's going to fall through or not happen. Paul makes her like head of events, which is basically Chloe's. No, but job. he gives her some wanky title like mm. liaison, ex- like executive liaison or deluxe liaison, oh. ultimate grand supreme. It definitely sounds like an OnlyFans account. <laughs> oh, rip OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah. Rip OnlyFans' previous branding. Yeah. I'm I'm very excited about the whoever's gonna be the OnlyFans now because they're the ones that are gonna make all the money. Yeah. Um you but, porn. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I mean, can you subscribe to you porn? Anyway. Um <laughs> And it's also exploitative, I I imagine. I imagine this quite a few <laughs> videos that people don't know they're there. Yeah. Um I don't I know where it's coming from, this constant need to have approval from someone. You know, and it seems to Carlos, me that yeah. Carlos, yeah. So, and that comes in my mind. It's sort of a very basic daddy issue situation where her father was not present in her life. Her mother, pro, you know, was flighty. Let's call yeah. her flighty. Just parent issues, mm. I guess. And then she places that need for attention and goodness and wholesomeness mm. in people. So she wanted Hendrix to be someone he wasn't. She wanted whatever that other dropkick's <laughs> name is. She wanted him to be something that he wasn't. She wanted... She hasn't written any letters to him lately during her corporate no, ladder climb. I mean, if that's what comes from it, great. <laughs> you know. Um, but she wants... And she flips with Paul. She doesn't always need his approval. Sometimes she hates him. Mm. But she's going to prove a point to him. Mm. And I do relate to Harlow on that, on those levels of approval seeking is I do a bit of schema therapy. It's Mm -hmm. like it's only in recent years. Look it up. It's fun. Uh, It, you basically answer some questions and it it puts you into categories pertaining to your um, upbringing, your personality. And one of mine, surprise, surprise, is approval seeking. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what, my other one, what are my other ones? It's like um, unrelenting standards and there's some really fun ones. It's really annoying to live with, but hey, it's fun <laughs> to read about. Um, so I appreciate that from Harlow. And I have been in jobs where I'm like, oh, I've done this new task for a day. Maybe oh, I'm the best at this task in the world. <laughs> and I've definitely had hubris in jobs. And, you know, I was a script, what was I, like script coordinator. And basically to me, I was like, well, I can write episodes for the show now. And then there were some bosses that were like, okay, hang on, Missy. <laughs> hang on there, honey. Like... <laughs> Let's Hold your just, pants. Let's just pay some dues first. Mm. And you know, I had to learn that the hard way, but no one's pulling Harlow up except for Chloe, who's like, whoa, this is above your pay grade, what you're trying to do here. Now, I agree with Chloe doing that because someone should. However, there was two points that I had with Chloe. And the one where I didn't like her, I'll go <laughs> first. <laughs> she did leave her role to go and do something for another business which is is fine, but also, like, it is her leaving her role. Yeah. And they're under no obligation to keep it. However, it did trigger me to thinking about Matt leave mm. and how many people like myself who get made redundant on Matt leave. So I want to point out that she wasn't on Matt leave. It was not like a legally sanctioned 
type of leave. <laughs> she was on secondment. Yeah. But Leo's business wasn't part of the business, so it was and, a different kind of secondment. And her manager decided, to rage decided, to bring her back into her role. She's like, no, okay, don't worry about it. You finished early, come back into your role. Like, they decided to bring her back. But they're under no obligation to have kept the workplace exactly as she left it. No. And Harlow is new and, you know, she is related to the management. But as, as Kate says, the temerity of her to have people make their hotel bookings, have their room bookings through Chloe, who's like the, you know, the assistant manager. Very awkward, but also like she's the assistant to the manager. Calm down, Chloe. Book the person a room so they can have sex with their boyfriends. You know, she was happy to do it. She's like, oh, well, you know, we're a hotel. I'm booking a room for the people, but I'm going to be shitty about it. Yeah. I was triggered when Harlow kept saying, oh, well, you know, you've got a lot, you've had a lot on your plate, so... I just didn't think you need to be kept abreast of this. I'm like, she was on compassionately. Like, she, her fiancé, pregnant fiancé, went missing. It's not just you've had a lot on. It's kind of like bereavement leave. It's personal leave. It is personal leave, yeah. And it's none of your goddamn fucking business, Harlow. And then throws it in her face later. But it's a family business. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Just give you my job. It's still there because of me. I picked up the slack when you took the time off. And when I came back, you purposefully shut me out. Of what? Well, the quill deal for a start, but you've been gunning for everything. It's a low act. You're the one who left to go work with Leo. You almost had an affair with him. It nearly broke my family. So do you know what, Chloe? You don't get to judge me. I want this job, so I'm going to take it whether you like it or not. <sighs> yeah. I can't. <laughs> I cannot with this little mole. So the thing is, is that... <laughs> So it's funny because poor old Chloe thinks she can go back to work and it'll be her one place where people aren't saying, oh, you screwed up the Darren baby situation, <laughs> true, didn't true. you? Right? But no, 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 no. There's there's Robinsons all over that joint that are pissed at her. Just really, what a little madam. I mean, look, she's, no, a little madam. I think that that is the very apt description of her. I actually preferred Chloe going off to the winery I don't like her in this job. No, really. and as we've said before, like she's a billionaire's divorcee. Hmm. There's nothing she needs to be doing. Like she could go start her own Airbnb, successful Airbnb business. Like, yeah, there's nothing she needs to be doing in Lassiter's. Chloe could be like renting out bloody pool lilos, and she'd still do a great job of it. But uh, yeah, I I actually want her to grow past this role. And yes. I think I think the winery was a great place for her to do that. Yeah, it is dull. Do something else. Like, you know, with Nicolette gone, like, she could help Ned run Harold's. Like, it would still be more fun. Boy Georgia needs some help there. He doesn't know what he's doing. Who does? Ned. He needs help everywhere other than the bedroom <laughs> yeah. with his girlfriend. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he's. It's good that he's got multiple people in his relationship because he mm. needs multiple brains yeah. in the room there. We'll get to it for a, in a second. Question, CJ. Do you think Margot Robbie's brother is on the straight and narrow here? Do you think he's legit? No. No. Absolutely I think- not. He's terrible. Um, and I think we've had a lot of little red flags. So the fact that he's catching up with Shay, is it Shay? Yeah, his sister, half-sister. Half-sister. And that he's just really taken with her forgiving. And I just feel like it's a little bit fake. But the energy that he's tapping into with Therese, with the son thing. Yeah, he's it, become it, like Josh reincarnated. Mm. <laughs> we did not need that. And I don't know where he's going to go with it. And I feel that it is becoming, 
it's very Freudian. He, it, it, there is a chemistry, and it's not necessarily sexual, but there's a chemistry mm. that he's tapping into between those two. Yeah. And I'm worried where he's taking with it. And Therese is a little bit vulnerable in this area, and why wouldn't she be her son died? And when she said, look, the deal's not going to go ahead, Paul's got some issues with the financials, Jesse was, like, about to melt down that the mm. deal wasn't going to go ahead. So that was sass, sass, mm. sass. How bloody lucky that Paul spent all his money again. <laughs> yeah, it, I hope it does work out quite conveniently. Mm-hmm. Well, that oh, that just made my blood boil, so we'll park them. Two things on the docket I need to get to. The first is, let's, well, we mentioned the thruple. We mentioned the hotel. We need to quickly highlight this moment of pure joy, which ended with Ned and Levi nakedly spooning each other in a Lassiter's bed. I love it. They must both wax quite a bit. (laughs) I'm not surprised that Amy would have soft skin and both of those boys would too. Mm. I'm not surprised at that. Levi strikes me as a little bit of a fuzzy chest person. Levi? Levi? Yeah, because he's got the curly hair up top. He he seems like he might embrace that natural side. Um, and I'm sure and we see Ned's chest all the time. He is smooth as a proverbial baby's mm, behind. Fair enough. So she's, I mean, you know, 101 of thruppling. I'm sure you've got to have your texts sort out. You've got to have a, oh, an emoji Amy, on the name or something. Amy's misfired there. So she's sent, they couldn't get any privacy at Sheila's, uh, obviously leave, hard to get privacy at Grand's house, mm. but amazing takedown by Amy in that um, it's Levi's birthday and mm. Sheila invites Ned because he, she assumes that Ned, Levi and Amy are all going to want to be at birthday dinner and they play into the awkwardness and lean into it and it ends with Amy's just amazing takedown of Sheila, just going, stop bullying me, stop trolling me, this is my relationship, butt out. You are obviously talking about your very nasty bedroom habits. <sighs> you know what, I have had enough. I have listened to your cheap cracks all night and I am done. Okay, none of us think that this is a joke and I am not going to sit here and listen to you put us down. It was amazing and, look, I've been in Colette's presence and there's no way I would ever be able to take her down. Never. Not with the power of a thousand CJs, you know, Um, and nor would I want to. (laughs) But Amy, because Colette and Sheila have the same power. Right. And Amy, my gosh, for her to stand up for herself and her lovers in that way. I also feel like, I mean, she, we don't, haven't met her kids yet, but she's got teenagers. I feel mm. like she's recently come out of that constant verbal battle that you have to be in with teenagers to just get anywhere. So she's match fit for this kind of showdown. Oh, really? Because I'm like... having, I'm struggling with the five-year-old verbal battles. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, and I say, and she's had two relationships with men who aren't attracted to women, so she's she's been through stuff, mm. you know, and she had that fire at her last job, another, <laughs> and you know that weird stuff with the uniforms when she was, a, <laughs> you know, like she, she, whatever, like trouble follows her. And meanwhile, like she can't get any privacy at home because Toadie's house has fourteen people living in it, including small children that don't need to be seeing the boning happening at all hours. So she books a Lassiter's room for her and Ned, but misfires and sends it to Levi, and then Ned gets the misinformation. I thought that was quite deftly handled. 
showing how Ned also got the info from Harlow because she, you know, knew about the room booking and that I felt that was all neatly handled. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, I thought it was well done. And I enjoyed the hell out of them getting into um, bed together. Yeah, talk me through that slowly. So firstly. Um, <laughs> we don't have OnlyFans, we need this. Yeah, slowly. All right. So um, <laughs> Levi got into the bed and ruined it. By the way, if I book a hotel room, you leave that bed lovely and made. He, Levi gets into the bed and, like, rips the do- the hospital corners out. Oh, and like, Yeah. That's not appropriate, Levi. <laughs> she paid for those sheets to be crisp. Yeah. You know? And anyway, so Levi gets in and he, like, fully doona cuddles himself into the thing, by the way. Like, he was like a cocoon. Because he's a cop, he does shifts. He can probably... Oh. Drop into a nap at the drop of a hat. He's like, I'm ready to nap. Let's go. Him and Dr. Nacker should nap together, like yes. with the baby. <laughs> Maybe Levi could be on the baby nap schedule with the with the boys. Anyway, so he's just basically passed out in the bed. He goes to sleep straight away. And um, <laughs> Ned, the bright spark of a Willis he is, walks into the room and sees this mound of cocoon and just assumes that's my girlfriend. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> Doesn't look at the hair colour or anything. Or the, um, or the smell. Like Levi oh, yeah. had his own musk. I'm sure. And I'm sure I'm sure Amy has a, a lovely scent. Lovely musk. Yeah, like a you know, like a chemist warehouse version of Chanel, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like a Brit- maybe a Britney. Or oh, one of the three Delta Goodrum fragrances I oh, and wear. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm a Sarah Jessica Parker fragrance yeah. girl. Yeah. And um, She's probably got Dream, Delta Goodrum's Dream. Oh, lovely, lovely. I, I don't imagine those Delta ones are selling that well at the moment. No. I better buy some more so it stays in, <laughs> in on sale. Can you not? Like, can we get rid of it? Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, so he jumps in and snuggles right up to the mound and... <laughs> Doesn't stop. <laughs> oh my god! And it reminds me that sometimes your mind doesn't remember things, but your body does, like trauma and sexual attraction. <laughs> Ned didn't stop when he felt the body. No, no. So what does that mean? Bisexual King Ned Willis. Yeah, um, he's hoping. Also, there was like the world's longest pause. The scene was really long where they uncovered it and then Amy walked in. Well, they, they jump were... up and they've got sheets and, and pillows in front of and that was delicious. So good. Because it was just so well covered. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think that this was part of the deal. No, no it's not. No, 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 it's not. It's not part of the deal. 100% not. You know what I'm wondering when you say Levi must have his own musk? Maybe Amy just always smells like Levi. Oh, yeah. She's, she's just, just like, I really like your scent there. No, because she just body slammed him out the back. And oh, then... yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> just absorbed it. Mm, mm. That's a great point. He's yeah, like, maybe. My, I, as a thruppleman, I need to be used to my girlfriend smelling like her other boyfriend. Yeah, and being okay with it. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was a long scene. And so Amy walks in, this door, by the way, <laughs> This door just gets opened. And they could have sort out front desk. Harlow yeah. and Chloe, who is letting up all these, I guess everyone knows about the polyamory, so they're, like, welcoming of it. They're like, all right, off you, up you go, you crazy kids. Get up to your room. It's how they're going to get that extra star, just being okay with, with thruples. 
And how shit their friend, whoever sent them up, or if it's sent them up, or if it's, I don't know, if it's um, Steve Brax's son on the desk this time. But they'll, if I knew the person, I would say, oh, you two fellas are up there already. Yeah. You know? Or They're crossing like, swords oh, oh, upstairs. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, Ned. Levi's up there waiting for you. <laughs> well, and also, like, I wonder, Amy would have got a discount, right? Because she's an employee of Lassiter's. She seemed to be angling for one. Yeah, she did. She's like. Harlow, can you book me a room? And Harlow's like, oh, I don't want to. Chloe can do it. And Amy was very keen for the, one of her friends to do it. Yeah, I must I must admit, like, neither of them wanted to book a room. And it's like, guys, you're a suburban hotel in a pandemic. Can somebody please book this woman a room? Like, this is the first booking you've got in a month. So she walks in. And you can tell, like, Amy walks in and she's like, oh, okay. Have we leveled up? <laughs> And the boys are like, have we? Oh, no, no. (laughs) I do like that moment where they're all, they're constantly, the gears are turning. They're like, all right, where are we at? Do we need to be okay? Do we need to be on board with this? Are we drawing a line here? Just, we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. (laughs) I love it. Because you know I love unpacking. They just, they're unpacking their relationship constantly. On the fly, as they go. More power to the polyamory. Now, I don't even remember. Did anyone use the bed? Well, the boys. No, what do you mean after? After. It's hard to know. Oh, no, because, yeah, Ned stayed up there because then Levi went down to the waterhole with Roxy and Kyle. So oh. They're like, oh, where's, what happened to your date? He's like, oh, it's Ned's date. It's Ned's date. I ended up cuddling him. <laughs> I reckon, reckon Kate would have a, a song to sing about that. <laughs> oh, which one? The, the saddest bee. <laughs> now, finally, oh, my God, it makes me really angry. And in a week where I'm already angry because I'm stuck in my house. Um, I don't want to be angry through neighbours, but but we got a familiar face back on Ramsey Street called Rose Walker. Oh, who you love? You can't not love Lucy Durack. She radiates sunbeams. She's an, yeah. a sunbeam incarnate. And and we all love Mal- Malody. Yeah. But she, I mean, I, I would have loved to see them really be together. No one on Ramsey Street loves Malody. No. No one. They can all get banned to far as I'm concerned. Yes, Rose was an absolute sweetheart, seemed perfect for Tony, although now that I'm looking back, because this time she's quite despicable in her behaviour, and I'm looking back and remembering that she took her job at Tony's firm in order to dig up dirt on her ex that she was divorcing. So she wasn't, you know, a complete angel to begin with. Yeah, but she's just got that angel vibe. Yeah, and which Melanie points out, she's like, "Oh, look at you! You know, you're, you're helpful and you're sweet, and you mm. she's good. You smell nice. Like, she'd, I'd know if you were in a hotel bed, but she's back and she's split from the on again, off again husband, mm-hmm. and she has one goal. She's got her sights set on Mr. Rebecca. Yeah. Mm. So, firstly, she hears. So she is the PR officer of this short film festival, which I am assuming I've done a lot of jobs. I think PR officer for a short film competition that is a niche genre in a suburban shopping centre would be four hours a week for maybe eight weeks and then the week that the film festival on, it's quite big. Yeah. There would be sponsorship packages drawn up before Rose even got the job. Whoever designed it would have made these sponsorship packages and they would have just copied someone else's sponsorship packages. Especially because the Quill group just copied Ramsey's, like, Lassiter's packages. Exactly. There was already a couple of spreadsheets out there. 
Yeah, like when I was the marketing manager of Bloop 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 Boop, I just looked up Bleep 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 Bleep's sponsorship <laughs> packages and popped my logo on them. Beautiful. You know? So anyway, she is approached for Rebecca Law to sponsor it. Because they're up shit creek because nobody wants to work for a lawyer who's, whose assistant had a healthy sex life is essentially what it boils down to. That is, yes. An active sex life with powerful people. Whose role it should have been to shut it down. Yes. When yeah. someone makes advances up the chain. Always blame the woman is basically yeah. the um, thing. Yeah. So Mackenzie basically submitted a contact us form on the film's festival's website because she didn't know who she was writing to. She could have just asked Roxy or, you know, like. Exactly. Give me the person to talk yeah. to. Although I do imagine Roxy just not doing it. Also, saying, oh, yeah. Hot tip, don't ever email or contact us. Like, email them to get the name of a person and then once you have the person's name, go through that person. Yeah, or just Facebook message the Facebook page because that's marketing people that manage that and they will get back to you straight away. Yeah. So turns out Rose, who was Toadie's assistant, as Faye has just explained, is the PR manager. That does not surprise me at all. Perfect job for her. Wonderful, yeah. But she's got a new car. From what we can tell, <laughs> very you know, whole new attitude. Like she is confident. Like she's mm. she's evolved since we last seen her. So she comes back and she's happy to do the sponsorship deal and really work on it. She wants meetings daily with Toadie and yeah. doesn't want other people on these meetings. She doesn't want Amy there to talk about the Flamingo Bar's involvement. She doesn't want Mackenzie there. She, Melanie, she just, like, I want one-on-one -on -one time. Now, I have both sold, managed, and purchased sponsorships. Mm. And all that happens is you say, I would like this, and then you go through a sales process, which might involve an hour meeting, maybe a presentation with a, with a pitch deck. Like, where's my logo going to be? Mm -hmm. Is that sort of thing? Yep. How many people are on the mailing list? That kind of thing. And uh, like a mock-up, like you're saying, of the banners with your logo on it, things that make you and feel special. Do I get to give out an award? Do I have to be there for that? You know? Oh, yeah. Gosh, nothing makes me more excited than when I arranged for my one of my bosses to um, judge a dog show at <laughs> Midsummer Festival. Oh, that was... That was, that was a time. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> so... You never really meet the people after that. You just pay the money and then send them a high-res version of your logo and they tell you when to show up. But obviously Rose wants to snag a man. Yeah, but also, can I just also revisit, what's the call to action? Rose is convinced that Toadie is going to get, I'm sorry to harp on, I know that no one else cares, but no, Rose, please, is, I care. Rose is convinced that Toadie's going to get a whole lot of business. Why? Why is he going to get a whole lot of business and from this? And how is this going to lift his profile? How? As a lawyer. And so it's turned out that he's sponsoring the shittest thing in the <laughs> festival, which is the student film. That is shit. It is really shit. Ugh. He should be, like, doing the, like, love stories one so that people who are sad about their divorces go and he be, he can be their divorce lawyer. He, needs to, he just needs a high-profile client. He just needs to stop shagging his... Stop. Stop. Shut down Rebecca Law and run the nursery. I reckon he, you could get more, heaps more good content out of the nursery 
said no one ever, say says Vaya Pasha's right now, then out of Rebecca Law, you could have illegal substances growing in there, like all kinds of fun stuff. Poison oh, ivy. Imagine that. Nettles. Cactus. Um fly trap. Look at all the possibilities. Amazing. Um I'm following Ryan Maloney's um bee business. What? <laughs> Ryan Maloney's a beekeeper. Oh, that's right. They put some promo out about all their hidden skills. Yeah. But he's got an Instagram page. I I watch his stories. People on Ramsey Street would watch him run the nursery. 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We need the bees. Get the bees on the street. Get him out of that law firm. Or get, Mm. it's just, you've got women against women. You've got Chloe and Harlow Mm -hmm. battling it out. When Chloe was initially quite helpful to Harlow, you've got Mackenzie v. Melanie v. Rose. Like, where are the women supporting women? Mm. They don't exist no more. Uh, Roxy and Sheila are quite helpful to each other. And Roxy and Amy now are on the same page. Yeah, but both of those duos have been against each other yeah. from time to time. But so. Fair enough. It's a drama. That's what we get. My, might as well be. I'm flogging a dead horse because mm. like, what am I doing? So I just don't have time for the slut shaming of Melanie. I don't have time for Rose accusing Melanie of throwing a rock through her car windshield. Who, who by the way, do you think did this? Did Rose do it to herself? Well, the... They the show thinks it's the ex husband. Mm-hmm. He was very handsome. I hope we get to see him again. But also questionable in his behaviour. Mm. So that that's possible. Have we have we got any stray shit bags kicking around? E high. No. Where's what's his face? You know that could be anyone. The mayor's son. Yeah, one whatever. of them. One of them. Well, Ollie, the one that made oh, the yeah? horrible list. Shit bag Ollie in yeah. his app. I reckon it's a stray shit bag. Maybe Brent's back. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be it. Right back from army camp to chucking things in people's windows. I, yeah, that's all the time I have in my brain for this. Fair enough. It was nice to see Rose, but it was hard yakka watching her (laughs) and being buddy-buddy to coos. Oh, God. Tell you what, she, like, she's a mean girl. She knows how to, like, run the show. Mm. Yeah. By the way, I need to do a clappy clap for um, coos. So Toadie comes over on, it was like, like on Monday night, he comes over and just says, oh, well, Melanie's back at work tomorrow. And those two want to judge so much and they can't. (laughs) I'm loving him. That's why they boiled over when Rose was prodding them for information. They were like, oh, they're not right for each other. They've got to break up. Yeah. And Rose, when she was like, oh, hi, it was really great to see you. And they were just kind of looking at her like, "Uh, are we friends? Uh." Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's do citizen and shitizen. Mm-hmm. Tough choice this week. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a double citizen. Okay. For Darren and them navigating new parenthood. Aww. You know, one of them is going to get the Wonder Week zap out soon. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, Ripoff don't pay for it. Yeah. It's really annoying. It just tells you, oh, your baby's acting badly. They're developing. It's a developmental milestone. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Like <laughs> the main summary of it is growing pains. Growing pains. <laughs> yeah, but look, show me that smile. It works for some people, right? Um, it didn't work for me to like anticipate things that might go wrong soon. That was not that was not handy to me. But I loved. Um, so my mum was in. She's not anymore, but she used to be a nurse. And if I rang my mum and said, "There's a rash. What do you think that could be?" Oh. She would say, oh, well, maybe it's a nappy rash or maybe it's, um, oh, maybe the baby's allergic to 
she wouldn't have said the formula. She said maybe the baby's allergic to your breast milk. Um, <laughs> and then she would have said, oh, maybe it's meningitis. That's exactly what my mother would have said. So I am loving the dynamic of the doctor dad. Yeah. And the, you know, the novice. The gym owner dad. The gym owner, you know. I'm just loving that because it's such a, it's a cute dynamic and I mm. want to watch it, yeah. you know. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to say Shitizen and ooh, it was tough to choose, but it's got to be Harlow. Oh. Of course it's Harlow. I would respect you more if you at least knew what you wanted to do instead mm. of just going, I'm good at this today. And therefore, I'm going to gazump everyone else around me and leapfrog over them because my granddad gave me a made-up title. Yeah. You just, ugh, ugh. Who are you? She doesn't know. That's the problem. At least tie it back to your trauma. Yeah. No, she doesn't know who she is. She's got no idea. Well, that's that. Uh, You can follow our socials by checking out the episode notes. Of this podcast. Do you know when The Masked Singer starts? I don't know, but I'm loving the promos. We've got to be on. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think we're going to get any neighbours on Masked Singer this year because it was shot in Sydney and there was slim pickings of who could come in or out of New South Wales. True, but, like, everyone in Australia has been on Neighbours once. True. So, like, you've been on Neighbours, like, eight times. Yeah, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the, <laughs> maybe I'm the kebab. Remember when it was me? <laughs> yeah. You like that? Um, we'll keep you posted if there's a neighbour. Show recommendations. I'm enjoying Hacks. That's I've yeah. just started it. It's bringing me a lot of joy. And I've just completed the seasons one and two of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um, it was exactly the level of conflict I needed, which was a very low simmering level. It was like, like making a pot of rice. It was just doesn't do anything you don't expect it to do. Very pleasant. Olivia Rodrigo is visionary. Um, so do something nice, watch something nice. And, you know, worst comes to it, come and ride on the council. We love and send us seeing voice- people there. And send yeah. us voice memos. It's nice to hear from other people, hear your voices. You know who needs to send us a voice memo? Alex on the council who posts very funny posts every week. Yeah, hilarious. I need to hear you speak, Alex. You're very funny. Send us neighbourspot at gmail.com. Take care of yourself and everyone yes. around get, you. Get the vax. Follow Rob Mills' advice. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night, got this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business.